In this episode, we'll be talking all about ableism and discrimination in society. In particular, we'll be discussing fake claiming and the harm that has on the disabled community. We'll also discuss other things that we've seen on social media recently, some good stuff and some bad stuff. Hello and welcome back to Ramped Up. This is episode six of series two, and um, we have content. <laughs> um, we, this is one of those episodes where we don't exactly know what we'll be talking about until we've done the episode. So it might be that we redo this and show completely, and you might not even hear this bit. If you do hear this bit, hello. <laughs> um, hopefully you join us all the way through to the end. My name is Joel Sprouse. My name is Julia Shanahan. And I'm Lexi Bushnell. Um, we have a couple of things that we've seen on social media this week um, and over the past few weeks. And so we just want to share that pretty much. Um, I think let's just get right into it. Yep. So it kind of all started with you sending us a clip from Twitter about a not a, dog, a guide dog what's the difference does anyone know guide dog service dog what's the difference uh i guess guide dogs are more associated with people who are blind oh okay anyway what's a guide dog service dog what's that let's see sorry uh, I'd say service dogs do pretty much everything else. I get, like, I would say that a guide dog is a dog, but not all service dogs are guide dogs. Yeah. Okay, so it was about a guide dog um, who whose name was Barney, who was on a British Airways uh, flight, and... Basically, it was uh, them, the crew announced that he is going on retirement. I wondered if I could take a few moments of your time to tell you about one of our most loved passengers who is flying with us today. Many of you may have seen him in the departure area, and that is Barney, the guide dog. He has been a loyal customer with British Airways and has done over 10,000 miles with us. And today, very sadly, is his last flight as he's going to retire. So on behalf of everybody at BA, all the crew who absolutely love and adore Barney and his owner, Mr. Anderson, we'd wish, like to wish Barney a happy retirement and thank him for all his service. Thank you, Barney. Much love to you. And from that clip, um, the owner did mention in the post that British Airways donated £20,000 to don- uh, to train a brand new uh, guide dog for him. To, um, so that donation went to Seeing Dogs, which I assume is a training facility or like charity or something. Guide dogs um, are insanely expensive to... Uh... I guess whether or not you're in the UK or you're in America, they are crazy expensive. 
I, I don't know. Does insurance cover them? Do we know? For the UK? We don't have health insurance here. Well, it's extremely rare. Yeah. Here's oh, free healthcare. <laughs> that that good insurance that like where you don't have to worry so much. Yeah. Yeah, well, no. the government funds it all for your taxes ish. I know that we have a guide dog charity, which is uh called Guide Dogs. I looked up the answer for I guess us. No insurance covers service animals. So basically it's out of pocket then. Yes. Not for uh the, the service animal as well as um the health and maintenance and care of service animal. However, none of us are uh, experts on this. None of us actually know. None of none of us have a service animal. Um, but I yeah. was just finding that here in the UK, we have a charity called Guide Dogs, which does mean that um. They use donations from other people in mm-hmm. order to get that guide dogs rather than the blind person having to pay, which is uh, a much better way of doing it. Yes. I'm yes. sure we have uh, charities as well. But... Well, they also do a... Wait, did you look on guide dogs, Joel? Yeah. Apparently, they also do a rehoming program as well. Yeah, for dogs who are retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe many people have the option to keep their guide dogs, but um, that's not always possible for some people. Yeah. I mean, if you are blind, then you have to have a dog that is able to help you. I don't think keeping a dog is, that can't help you is really a good idea. But, you know, to each their own. I mean, they can still have pets. And it's yeah, just like yeah. pet, but also as the dog gets older, all those all the more expenses get incurred. Yeah. Um. So there is a content creator on YouTube, Molly Burke. Uh, she's blind. She has a, a guide dog, and so uh, she video she vlogged the process of retiring her old uh, guide dog and getting a new guide dog. And she did keep her old guide dog um, until he passed. Uh, Yeah, 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 I remember. Yeah. So I'm sure it, it varies from person to person depending on circumstance. Yeah, definitely. I don't think there's a mandatory, you have to return this dog to us, or anything like that. Well, if you have an attachment to an animal, it's hard to, like, part with an animal like that. Obviously, depending on what the dog is, like, trained to do, because if you have a dog that is supposed to, like, help someone who is blind and, like, help them get around, you know, from... The, uh, point A to point B, that is probably a very hard decision to make, but also a bit more difficult 
But if you have someone who uh, uh, who has a dog, a service animal that um is only there to like help pick something up or open doors and things like that, like physical um physical disabilities. There you go. Um, it might be a bit easier to keep a service animal once it retires and then get a new one. But obviously, to each their own. Mm. But no, I do think it's a good uh, it's a good thing that British Airways donated that amount of money because that amount of money was able to fund a fully trained new uh, guide dog for that yeah. individual. We often talk about airports as a community of disabled people and how they are um, so difficult to navigate as a uh, um, disabled person, as a blind person, as a wheelchair user, all these different types of disabilities, even for people without physical di- um, disabilities, like autism and things like that, um, mm-hmm. airports can be so difficult to deal with. And so it's really nice to see that an airline is like, okay, yeah, we're probably not ideal, but hey, we're going to show you this kindness. They had no obligation to do that, but... We did anyway, and I think that's really beautiful. And I just wonder, like, to what extent does that happen? Because here's the thing, if you're, you can be a traveller who's, like, in a wheelchair, and you can be travelling on that one airline for years and years and years. I wonder to what point does an airline want to support you or support a charity that is to do with a disability that you're associated with? Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, like we've all, well, me and Joel probably had very bad experiences with air traveling. Like with chairs, they don't care. They really don't care about chairs. I've seen my chair being thrown so many times. It's that makes bad. me wince. <laughs> it, no, it hurts when you see it happening because you're like, ow. Yeah. As a wheelchair user, you do develop, like, it's almost like you develop nerves that go into your wheelchair. Like, rather than into your legs, it goes into your wheelchair. And you can feel it. Do you know something? The amount of times I've had, like, people accidentally knock into my chair or, like, kick my chair by accident, I will involuntarily say, ow. Yeah. don't ask me why, because I will not tell you why. It's just something that I've done probably since, actually, since I had my, my power chair. My yeah. power chair, I think I've just gotten a bit more protective of it, <laughs> as it is a bit more of an advanced like wheelchair that I've had. Yeah. And if that one breaks, that's it. My, yeah. I, I'm not going anywhere. Like, don't yeah. do it. Yeah, and um, I think also, like, since I was a child, so I remember in year two or three, so I was uh, about uh, six or seven, I think. Yeah, seven or eight-ish. Um, my best friend would tap my chair, trying to catch me out. And I can feel that because um, I had, by that age, like, you can feel the vibrations and the sound and different things tell you exactly which bit of a chair is being hit. So I know when someone's touched my chair, both my manual chair and my power chair. 
Um, mm. But yeah, um, as a wheelchair user, you do develop nerves, as it were. It's like um, if a, if a person has their leg amputated and they still think, at least that's what I've heard, but they still think the leg is still there, even though they know, subconsciously they know that that leg's not there anymore. Well, they know consciously, but like their well, brain yeah, is still so trying to feel the Consciously they know that it's not there, but subconsciously they think it's still there. Yeah, they still get pain, phantom limb, yeah. They can still move their toes. Even though they don't have any toes, they can still wiggle their toes. Yeah. <laughs> we still have that itch, you know. Like, like yeah. You can't itch. <laughs> um, but yeah. So in terms of social media, have you guys come across any, like, creators, content, anything like that to do with service animals? Um, I actually, uh, did a bit of research, uh, a couple years ago about, uh, service dogs. And one thing I was kind of interested in was what are service dogs like when they're not working? And I found a video about that, about how uh once the lady took the vest off and she gave the dog a command it knew that it was off of work and it was running around grabbing sticks um just being a happy-go-lucky playful dog that dogs uh naturally are and mm-hmm. as soon as she gave the command that uh the, the dog came back and put on the vest and it was back to work and it was very interesting while it was running around it was playing with this gigantic old branch you've seen like videos of dogs trying to get this big old branch through the door or something so that's what he was playing but as soon as she gave the command he ignored the branch and he just walked right over it and did his job so when they are not working and doing their job, they are completely normal dogs. And still very much have the time of their life. So it's not like they have a sad, boring life. They don't. I think that's actually one of the misconceptions about guide dogs, that they are always uh, always working. And, they, you know, they're working 24-7. That's not true. Uh, dogs still need a break, just like humans. Sometimes they think they do it involuntarily as well, because like they could be off, like off duty or like not working. But if 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 it's for example, um, I've seen online if it was like a um a seizure dog, like the owner could be doing, like you know, in the kitchen doing something, and the dog is like laying on the on like their dog bed or something. Mm. But as soon as they sense something is wrong they get back on it and be like, right, you need to like get down, please, because you're about to pass out. So it's not that it's like of duty necessarily, but I think like, again, it's trained to do a job and that dog is aware that it's still responsible to react if something is wrong, which is a very... There's no hours that it works. 
Yes. It doesn't work hours. <laughs> it doesn't work hours. And that's what gets paid. They shift to it. It gets paid <laughs> in dog treats. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I want to cover is um, I've seen on TikTok some videos and I will probably you'll insert a few clips, Joel, maybe once yeah. I send them in the chat, um, of a of a student in a um, this is American, an American high school. And she's walking with her service dog through the hallway to get to her next class, I'm assuming, right? And in the video there is a guy who is trying to get the attention of the dog by like whistling to it calling it by its name and all of those kind of things um and the girl was telling him to stop because it's working and it shouldn't be distracted um but again he's like questioning her like why why do you need a dog this that and the other this that, and the other um what I think is really bad is no, people aren't educated that service dogs, especially in public places, are not a regular dog in, in the sense of you can come up to it and pet it, you can talk to it, this, like, you know, like interact with it. What do you guys think about like people, people's like lack of, um, education i guess around service dogs or well, i would say this it doesn't matter if it's a service dog or not a service dog you should never ever ever go up and touch a dog that you don't know always ask permission from the owner regardless if it's a service dog or anything do not touch a uh, a strange dog that should be rule number one to teach, especially little kids. Um, and that's not even counting the don't touch the service dogs. There's also been um, a part of that video where, maybe not that video specifically, but like another video I've seen where someone kicks a service dog. And yeah, I saw I talked to Lexi about this when we were we weren't recording yesterday. But like, in what world is someone going to think, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to kick a dog. In what world? Because to me, if I look at it from um, a disability aid perspective, so a guide dog or a service dog could be seen as a dis disability aid, right? Why do people think it's okay to like touch someone's disability aid or kick someone's disability aid? Because like I don't have a guide dog or a service dog, but I do have a, a wheelchair. The amount of times I have been kicked at as well. Like, why do people think it's appropriate? Yeah, I've had people trying to trip over my wheelchair. I was like, well, that's not going to go well for you. You're just going to get your foot run over. Exactly, or they put their foot right on next to your wheel and yeah. they assume you're not going to move. But the thing is, as soon as you don't realise that that foot is there and you accidentally run it over is when the big, like, 
How yeah. dare you not know that my foot was big, behind you? Big cry and some party happens where they're like, how could you not notice? Like, why don't you look around? I'm like, as a child, when I was younger, yes, that bothered me because I was being accused of something I had no control over. Mm. Because I'm a responsible driver. Like, yes, I'm a responsible driver. But the fact that you think it's okay to put your foot there and not think it's going to be... Have any repercussions. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because they, they always say, like, oh, but you should know this. I'm like, no, I shouldn't know this. Like, I, I should have eyes everywhere. That there's an obstacle in the way. You know what I mean? Like, mm. there's a difference between getting over a pebble and getting over a person's foot. Yeah. But again, like, why do people think it's a good idea to kick a service animal, service dog? I don't know. Um, but on a nicer note, you did remind me of a uh, a video that I saw on social media, uh, and it's of this book. It's of a university, uh, someone graduated from university, I think, or college in the US, I'm not sure. And um, the service dog receives an honorary diploma for attending all of his owner's university classes. Um, which is just amazing. Now, this is, isn't a guide dog, it's a um a different kind of service dog. I'm not sure uh what it is that the um service dog does. There's a bunch of clips where people are going to receive their diplomas or certificates of education. And the guide dogs, the service dogs go with them, which I think is quite cute. Also, mm. even cuter is um, either the university or the college or even like the owner themselves make a little like graduation gown for them and a little graduation cap, which I think is so adorable. I haven't seen them. That does sound quite cool. Um, yeah. On a, on a different note. Joel, have you ever seen a service dog or a guide dog in real life? I was going to say, didn't we have this conversation yesterday? <laughs> we did. We did, but it's yeah. not part of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did. Um, I don't think I have. Um, it's mainly just through the media, but I've seen them, to be honest. The only one I've seen in real life as far as I remember, is actually on my university campus. There is a a woman who is blind and she has a guard dog with her 24-7. It's a beautiful black Labrador and he has like a bright, I believe, blue vest. But he is so cute. Obviously, I'm, I don't, you know, distract it because I'm like, no. Like, instantly, I'm like... You know what I do, actually, if I do see them, whether they're on the same side of the pavement from me or if they're across the road from me, I always, like, detour. So I'm, like, I'm not in the way of the dog and yeah. the bird. Because I'm, like, no, don't do that. <laughs> I don't want to, like, block them off or make them have exactly. to navigate around. I don't, around I don't want yet. the dog to have to I'm not think. avoiding it. Exactly. I don't <laughs> want the dog to think, like, oh, my God, what do I do? How do I get my owner to, like, get around <laughs> this situation. Yeah, because it's bad enough when 
like two people are going down the same path and you do that weird little dance when you're trying to avoid each other. I'm sure with someone who can't see it's a lot, lot worse. <laughs> yeah. I've actually seen people like walk into um people with white canes, like walking into the white cane. And I'm like, surely you can see that they're using a cane to get around. Like just walk around or like yeah. your path. Like, yeah, and they get angry with a blind person for not seeing that there's a person there. I've seen a lot of that on my body page recently. Yeah, and I'm just like, what on earth is going on? Like, I've witnessed it actually once when I was still in college. Mm. Someone, like, a man was with a cane. He was going around on his, on his own. Nothing wrong with that, obviously. But, mm. like, a bunch of, like, these... um, I'm sure they were teens because they were in school uniform. Yeah. And, you know, a group of them that, no, they didn't think about, like, parting, like, the big group of teens yeah. parting and making way. No, they just walked right into him. And I'm just like, what on earth is going on? Yeah. Like, why don't you guys just use some common sense and just part yourself, please? One, um, I have a couple theories as to uh, why that happens. Um, I think for a lot of people that most people have not run into a blind person and it seems very common to think that someone is faking a disability for some whatever reason and add in that uh, like you take the media, the the, there's a stereotypical the uh, the white eyes or the opaque eyes like there's some kind of a signal to the audience that hey this character is blind but in mm. real life people are just going to look like completely normal people and I assume that a lot of people don't even realize that they are blind, even when they're carrying around a white stick. And then there's the other ones who just really don't give it a care and just want to be a Before uh, we go on with Julia's topic, mm -hmm. uh, I want to go back and answer a question you asked earlier, whether or not we, uh, we've seen... Uh, service dogs like out in life yeah. i didn't get to answer that question yeah so i have um i've seen a couple service dogs uh i used to work at a hardware store and there was a blind couple who came in both the um the husband and the wife and uh they had one dog that they used uh her name was nana and uh i saw her several times and got to meet them really nice people and well she did get older and she retired and then um they ended up getting two uh service dogs one for each of them so that was pretty cool nice um, also, while I was working at the hardware store, that was nearby a 
guide dog training center. So kind of on a regular basis, uh, one of the members there would bring the pup, bring a puppy into the store and it would have a vest on it that said, uh, puppy in training, please do not touch. And it, it, it's so adorable uh, seeing this puppy walking around all happy and proud and learning to do its job. Um, certainly never touch, never interfere, but, uh, yeah, they, they would bring the puppies in just to kind of be around people, be around the natural chaos of real world. Yeah. <laughs> natural um, chaos, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, there was one other time that, uh, came across a service dog. And I was dropping my dog off at doggy daycare uh, so that she could run around and play with other dogs. And there was a gentleman there as well dropping off his dog. Uh, he was blind and this was his, um, his guide dog. And the dog was going to be boarding there overnight. Um, so, yeah, so it got to uh, play and... Just a just a normal uh dog boarding mm. Yeah. Um Julie, you wanted to talk about your theory about why people fake claim. I don't think it's really a theory. I just want to kind of touch base with it because what really frustrates me is like with the use of social media, for some reason people always assume someone's faking disability. Mm. And I think it's pretty common, I think, now, with invisible disabilities. People just assume that someone online is saying that they are autistic or they've got ADHD. I don't know who has, you know, who gave who permission to write in their like comment section saying oh but you're faking it you can't have that disability you don't look like you're disabled mm. I just want to know, what does someone that is disabled look like <laughs> does it mean a wheelchair does it mean a um white cane does it mean crutches does it mean you know someone who has uh uh, oh my god down syndrome does it mean someone who is like looks looks autistic like what does a disability look like yeah. general term because even for example someone who could be battling cancer for example people assume someone battling cancer means they've got a bald head they're frail and they're pale well, that's not, I mean, yes, it's true, but that's not for every case. Mm. Like, I remember my granddad, who unfortunately passed away from cancer, but he had chemotherapy, but he still had hair. He still had his big build. Like, yes, he did go down a bit, like, in the, his muscle mass, but technically he didn't look too, like, his body mass didn't decrease too much mm. obviously it decreased over time like it, it's noticeable in pictures over a period of time but it wasn't something shocking like right off the bat he was thin yeah. 
you know what I mean? Like, it just makes me wonder, like, what do people assume different disabilities look like? Because mm. we're all on the spectrum, let's be honest. Like, wheelchair users, we're on the spectrum. Some people use it full-time. Sometimes people use it when they don't feel like they can walk long distances or if their energy levels is so down because of their chronic pain, for example, or it could be medication they're on. It could be literally anything in the world. Yeah. People use a wheelchair. I, I would, um, uh, I don't know exactly what goes on through people's minds that are what they think disabilities look like. Like, I think, like, when it comes to a wheelchair, pretty much the only thing they're picturing is paralysis or something. So yeah. if can can stand up to, like, look at something on a shelf, well, then they can't possibly be disabled because, well, look, they can stand. They can move their legs. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be really bad with uh, invisible disabilities. I actually... I wonder also if it's worse for people who are conventionally attractive, for people who are pretty, especially, because oh. um, at least again in the movies and media, when you see someone who is disabled, they are like all, um, they're, uh, how is it? They, they look like, like a hag or like a witch or like a, like a, they are yes, frail. right so to see someone who looks like just a normal average person um really uh yeah I've, I've seen so many stories of people who are sitting in their car and well they get the whole you're too pretty to be disabled and yeah. well you disabled because you don't look yada 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 so um that's my theory uh, one of them but also i want to know who gives people rights to question disability i don't know whether this is just a thing that i've kind of seen or if you guys have seen it too but um, especially in this case of invisible disabilities, people might say, oh, then prove that you're disabled. As in, like, prove to them with, like, medical documentation. And I'm just like, why do you think automatically to ask for physical evidence? And then even if they see physical evidence, they say, oh, how do I know that you're not faking it? Who has the time and the money to go to, like, I'm sure people assume that if you want to get on, like, benefits of some sort, you have to go in, like, fake documentation by, like, bribing somebody to sign off on it yeah. and look legit. Who has the time and the money for that? Because I can assure you it takes more time and money to fake a disability than it is to actually be actually disabled yeah like 
it drives me crazy. Because you shouldn't be going up to someone and saying, oh, prove that you're disabled. You could be in a wheelchair, but no, prove that you're disabled. There really are people who fake disabilities. There are, um, uh, whether it's for sympathy or social media, one of the ones that I've seen, uh, or so I've heard, uh, gets faked a lot is something like Tourette's. Yeah. Right? Um, and so the average person can't tell real not, but the assumption always seems to be, well, I don't know if they're faking it, so therefore I, I'm, I believe that you're faking it. Like yeah. it's, they empathize with the faker before they will empathize with the actual disabled person. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also- what you say makes sense. Doing it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, I would agree there. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But like, it make it, it. It's kind of sad though that people, like, on social media, automatically are ready to, like, attack the faker. Which, yes, fair enough. Like, yes, please tell them that it's not right for them to fake. However, that same mindset of how they handle the hate, the faker, they will use that same tactic on the actual disabled person. And I feel like they're trying to like test yeah. whether they are disabled or not, which, to be honest, is probably one of the many reasons why so many disabled people just don't have social media because mm. they don't want to be attacked. Whether they are just like um doing videos and content to educate, it's only for educational purposes of other people to be like, hey, this disability exists. This is how I handle it because I have it. This is my life story. I don't think it's right for people who don't have a clue about the disability and automatically go into the comment section and say, you're faking it. You can't be actually disabled. You can't actually have this disability. Why don't you prove that you're disabled? What does proving if you're disabled do exactly? What does that person get out of someone proving their disability? You're not saving the world at all. Like, yes, you can be, like, there are a a few people that I've seen on social media who are, like, all for, like, yes, uh, um, rights for disabled people, being fairly treated, this, that, and the other. But they also miss the mark on attacking people. Attacking people saying, you can't be disabled if you're doing X, Y, and Z. Like, what do they gain from it? I don't understand. I don't know. Did it also this whole, like, oh, I'm helping a disabled person, and oh, I'm such a great human being of in life in general? There was a video that I'm thinking of, and they parked in a uh, disabled parking spot, but they are obviously physically disabled. Um, She had a van and she had a ramp to be able to walk out. Uh, This was a busy uh, video from um, Pete Monzingo. And his mother 
uh, is a little person. And this guy re this guy reached into her car window trying to grab her uh, her disability um parking the, thing. The placard thing, yeah. yeah. He kept trying to grab it from her. Legal she, documentation, it, basically. Yes. Yes, like whether right it's legal from... documentation or not, reaching into someone's car to take something yeah. that isn't yours. I I can't even imagine. And the thing is, she does look disabled. That's mm. what I'm always thinking. Like, why would you like again the whole proving thing? Some things are just blatantly obvious. Like a wheelchair is blatantly obvious. A a white cane for a blind person is really like a universal sign that you are blind or a wheelchair is you are physically disabled. Or right. if you're small in stature, is that the right word? Stature? You're a little person. Basically, like your physical appearance, like you're smaller. Like, doesn't that show you that you're disabled? Hmm. But it gets yes. crazy to reach into a car like that. I, I can't even imagine. Mm. There's also a clip that I was talking to Joel about just before you came on, Lexi, is um, a woman with a car full of children and she parks in a disabled parking spot, obviously illegally because she has no sign anywhere that it's a disability disabled car basically like you know uh, none of those plaques or even a disability sticker on it because some people do have a sticker as well she has nothing that indicates that this is a disabled car um and in the caption she something along the lines of um i parked in disability parking spot and i asked my kids to act crippled in order oh. for use it and mm -hmm. i sent that to one of my friends um one of my college friends it made me sick to my stomach and um in the comments section everyone was like are you insane are you crazy like what are you doing why are you teaching your kids this why are you teaching your kids to lie and you don't i kind of wonder if that mother who said that and did that is the exact same kind of woman who would attack and question a disabled guaranteed. person. It's guaranteed, probably, because mm. it comes in pairs. Because once it's convenient for them to use a disability card, even though they're not disabled themselves, no one's allowed to question that person. They're like, oh, why are you questioning me? You're not allowed to question me if I'm disabled or not. However, when it's not convenient for them, they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to be that person who's going to try and be a good person and question every person who uses a disability parking spot. Because right next to that, in the video, you can tell, like, on the side that she parked on, on the other side of the parking like, section, there is, there is bays for families and children. Do you know those, like, parking bays that are, like, to let kids out? It's literally, like, in the video, you can see it. And someone's like... There's literally parking spots next to it are designed for families with children. Why are you using a disability parking spot for? Mm. 
Okay, should we do the, the outro? Because that's what we're here to do. <laughs> yeah. So, let's, uh, a bit out of order, but um, I wanted to say a couple things before we do the intro and outro. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing is I want to apologize and clarify something I did. I did it without any thinking. I made a particular uh, hand motion in um, that I know it is something that is see- can be seen as mocking someone. I want to clarify that I was not mocking a person. I was picturing and imagining media portrayals of disabled people. Um, oh, I know what, what I'm just talking about. Okay. Apologize that uh, I did do that. And I am sorry. It was not imitate a person. It was to imitate a TV character. So I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. I'm clueless. <laughs> no, um, when we were talking about um, fake disabilities, she talked about how the media portrays someone who is thin, who is frail, who is pale. Yeah. And I I mean, I hope you're not gonna use it in my section, but she did this basically. Yeah, I I, I uh, did. Uh, uh, um and there's no imitation of any person or or any disability. Um I think that's it for this episode of Ramp Up. Um we didn't have any one particular topic. We talked a bit about fake claiming, we talked a bit about health insurance and healthcare. Um, service animals oh yeah that that was everything but yeah thank you very much for joining us Um, as always it's been a pleasure Um, we will see you in a couple weeks join us on all of our social media to get more exclusive content and more bonus clips and stuff like that Um, you'll also be able to stay up to date if you join our discord server the link is in the description below and I hope you give us a follow so that you don't miss another episode. Um, but for now, it's goodbye for me, Joel Sprouse. Me, Julia Shenko. And me, Lexi Bushnell. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.